I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Looking for a way to support The Dinner Party Show? A percentage of any purchase you make through a buy link on thedinnerpartyshow.com will allow us to keep bringing you the show free of charge. If you're an Amazon customer, head to thedinnerpartyshow.com and click on the Amazon Gold Box located in the lower left-hand corner of every page of our site. Do this, and a percentage of each purchase you make at Amazon during that shopping session will support our continued operation. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for another episode of The Dinner Party Show. Hi, I'm Beth Grant, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show with these assholes, Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, for God's sake. I went to a marvelous party. Most people don't even know the facts. They go with their gut, and the only thing your gut cares about is money. Christopher? This is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine. You first, Eric. Live from the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's the Dinner Party Show. The Internet's first live comedy variety show with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. No, there's actually a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, no, we're no, going no. to take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. <laughs> Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through thedinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the... Get out of my office! It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric! Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you're listening to the Dinner Party Show's livecast for June 14th. 2015. And tonight we will not be talking about the fact that Channing Tatum, Matt Bomer, and Adam Rodriguez all appeared on a float in the L.A. Pride Parade this afternoon. Ugh. But the announcement wasn't made until 7.30 a.m. this morning, Damn it. which was too late for us to cancel tonight's show and head down to Santa Monica Boulevard to take part in a parade we haven't attended in about four or five years. We never get to have any fun. I'll say. We would like to commend the producers of Magic Mike XL, however, for recognizing who their target audience actually is. Right? Especially in light of their ill-advised marketing campaign, which currently exhorts female audience members to, quote, leave the guys at home. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Miss <laughs> Yeah, right, girl. If the movie theater is anywhere other than inside of Opryland, the audience will be about 30% guys, and they'll be screaming louder than any of the ladies there, so get over it. At any rate, we're not talking about them or it until the movie comes out, and we're screaming about it in the front row. Ah. Girl, 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 girl. 
We also don't have words to describe our contempt for homophobic, bigot, asshole, overrated <laughs> sports hack Bob Costas for his insensitive and incendiary remarks about how Caitlyn Jenner is not worthy of receiving the Author Ash Award for Courage. Costas denounced Caitlyn's unparalleled bravery in coming out to the world in an effort to help others who share her struggle as she helps the rest of us to understand that struggle. And, he said, giving Caitlyn the award was a publicity ploy, yeah. calling her selection exploitative and crass. We were sickened, but not really surprised. Mr. Costas revealed his true colors when he refused to show the medal ceremony at the 2008 Olympics when the first openly gay Olympic athlete, Matthew Mitchum, set a world diving record and upset every prediction going into the competition and took the gold. Just another crass, exploitative, Publicity ploy, Bob? Or do you just hate showing LGBT people receiving awards? All we have to say on the topic is that NBC should bring back Brian Williams and get rid of Bob Costas if they're looking to clean up their acts. Brian can host the Olympics, and Bob can become the spokesman for the Family Research Council or some other like-minded organization of bigoted assholes. We figure if we're going to be lied to, we'd prefer that it be by people trying to give credit to the heroes, not take it away from them. But that's all we can think to say on the matter. My co-host, Brenda Vaccaro, ladies and gentlemen, here this <laughs> A little evening. bit of a cold this Direct week. Direct from Airport 1977. Okay, also not being discussed on tonight's show, the social media department at BBC America, which oh. gave their engrossing new show, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Loved it. An egregiously long Twitter hashtag, and then parked it at the lower left-hand corner of our television screens for the entire show. So you'd remember it. Hey guys, has no one told you that tweets are limited to 140 characters, <laughs> and that if you don't keep your hashtag short, that means people have less space to write good things about your show. This is BBC America. To say nothing of the on-screen real estate, said hashtag took up during one of the most visually arresting shows BBC America has ever produced. Right. Don't get us wrong. The show looks promising, oh, but the hashtag totally. could use some work. So we're not talking about it. the hashtag, not the show. We can talk about the show if we want. Okay, good. Because yes. I really did enjoy it. Okay. Also, Wisconsin's anarchist radical governor Scott Walker has left us speechless once again this week when he began executive and legislative efforts to erode and destroy the state's exemplary university system. Walker, who has already done everything in his power to destroy public education and government services in his state by attacking teachers and other public servants so he can give more state money to his rich cronies, mm -mm. is now trying to do the same to higher education by dismantling the tried-and-true practice of offering security through tenure to the best and brightest since they can't really pay teachers and professors what they're actually worth. In so doing, Governor Walker is following in the tried-and-true missteps of another radical puppet of wealth and power, Margaret Thatcher, who in a similar attack on tenure single-handedly created the greatest national brain drain since the Nazis ran the Jews out of Germany. Margaret. Uh, what a dear. <laughs> Still, we can, can't really blame Mr. Walker. Only an idiot would vote for such an obviously corrupt and politically motivated anarchistic tool of his rich masters. So he has to do what he can to keep the electorate of his fine state 
ill-informed. But that's really all we can think to say <laughs> just, on the Just matter. that page. That's just all we can say. Just the page of that. Yeah, As for page. everything else, it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Brenda Vaccaro. For tonight, we are brought to you by Eric Shaw Quinn's bronchial infection. I have giving been you so sick this week. Racking coughs one Ugh. minute at a time. Are you? How are you feeling? You're in well, your pajamas tonight. This is my first day yes. um, without taking any medication. Um, but yeah, I have been... I don't know if Beth Grant, who was swearing at us at the top of the show... Uh, came brought me something from Oklahoma or not, but I have been sick pretty much since Oklahoma, right? where the bronchial infection ends up in your throat. I'd sing along, but nobody you wants can't. to hear That's that. That's why I literally tonight is going to be that. about me getting away with all the shit I can't get away with when you're not slow. Because I can't talk fast enough. Because yeah, this is uh, okay. So forgive me. I'm going to have a cough drop in my mouth all night. So that I'm not coughing in the microphone all night, but it's going to sound like and this I voice with a cough drop. have a bottle of Purell oh my at God. the ready. If it Eric so much like, as looks at yeah. me, I'm going to Purell right now. It smells like the Bombay Gin Bar <laughs> up in here. I feel like, yeah, I'm freebasing Either martini that or, or a something. floor of the bathhouse after cleanup. Who knows? Not like I'd know what a bathhouse would smell like, but uh, our guests Ooh. tonight, Cammie Garcia and Margaret Stoll, they might know. Caught yourself <laughs> up. Yeah, they'll have something to say about. That I okay, predict. we have business to attend to. Hannibalism continues tonight well, no on the Dinner Party down. Show. And even though Brian Fuller had to go and visit his family this week, he will be back next week. And we have party line messages that we are saving to play for him. But tonight, Cammie Garcia and Margaret Stoll, the New York Times bestselling authors, are going to be joining us because not only do they have a new book out called Excellent. Dangerous Deception, they are also huge fans of the show Hannibal. So well, they that will, works out great. We will be talking about that. And we want to remind people that if you leave us an iTunes review, We will read the most clever line from it live on the air, which we're going to do right now with a review from Lippy Sync, who writes, This show is the greatest idea Christopher and Eric have had since deciding to put their pens to paper and gracing us with their literary genius. I wonder which friend of ours posted that review. (laughs) I'm so relieved. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, what's coming next? The greatest idea Christopher and Eric have had since. And I was like, Holding Since my breath. They decided yeah. to. Now let's not write. bring up things. Let's not give people ideas. Like, okay. I'm good. I'm good with that one. So we have a lot of people tuning in tonight to find out if they want a Kindle Voyage. I will I will say that you had to correctly answer a trivia question last week during our live show about season two of Hannibal, and we had an inordinate number of people answer correctly. So your chances of winning have actually gone down because every, almost everyone who entered, except for a few people, got the question right. They were entered into the drawing. But we're gonna make you wait a little bit longer because the whole idea is to trick you into actually listening to our it's show. It's our Tyra Banks yeah, impersonation. Exactly. It's the reality show. But we're having another drawing. And in order to find out how to enter, you need to sign up for our mailing list at thedinnerpartyshow.com. And you need to be signed up by midnight, Monday, June 15th, Pacific time. And then on Tuesday morning, three basic trivia questions about our Hannibalism episodes will be sent out to everyone on the mailing okay, list. Okay, so wait. Let's go back. So to enter... 
Mm-hmm. They have to sign. How do they sign up for the email? Go to any page of the dinnerpartyshow.com and look for the subscribe blank, which uh-huh. I believe is on the top of every page. And that is how you sign up for the dinnerpartyshow.com's mailing list. And we would like to point out that we will not sell your address to anybody because we, we don't, don't know how. how. We really don't we have know. No how to idea do that. how to exploit that information other than to keep you apprised of what's going on on the show. So you sign up there. You and sign then, up there. And then what happens? And then because you are signed up on Tuesday morning, we're going to send out a blast to everyone who has signed up for our newsletter with three basic trivia questions about our Hannibalism episodes of the Dinner Party Show. So the, this show, not Hannibal, but our show. Our show, the Dinner Party Show. So you have to listen show. to the show. Exactly. That's smart. And then you have until 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, next Sunday, one hour before for our live show to submit your correct answers to those questions. And you can submit them either by personal message via the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page or to the email address web at thedinnerpartyshow.com. These are the same contact methods we used for the previous giveaway that we're going to announce the winner of And all of these instructions will be in the email that you receive on Tuesday morning if you're signed up for the email address by So the thing that you need to do now, if you're listening to this and you didn't down, this is not Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, if it's before Monday, midnight Pacific, June 15th, Go and sign up for our mailing list, and that is how you'll find out how to enter this contest. Everything you need to know will show up in your inbox on Tuesday morning. No, we're good. Necessary. You do. Uh, do you now know what we're doing? I, I think that I probably. I think that it'll happen even if I don't. I think it will. We always make it happen, even if Eric is just around to make us laugh and do all sorts of things. Okay, and so the team. It is time <gasps> to draw the winner. Oh my god! Of our Kindle voice. Shouldn't we have a drum roll? We should have a drum roll, but I can only do too many things. Let's see. I'm I'm fine. Where's the drum roll? The fuck are you? No, that's not. That's Sue Simmons. Oh, no. You've ruined the whole thing. I've ruined the whole thing. Okay. And the winner of the Kindle Voyage is Nikki Michelle Wild. Nikki Michelle. I'm going to spell that. Middle name M-I-C-H-A-U-D. Wild like my heart. W-I-L-D. Nikki Wild. Nikki Wild, you are the winner. Congratulations. Of our Kindle Voyage. I love mine. Get in touch. If we if Shea Butters does not already have your mailing address, get in touch right away and give it to him either via personal message on our Facebook page or web at the dinnerpartyshow.com. And we will have that Kindle Voyage, the latest e-reader from Amazon. I have one. I'm a huge fucking fan. Love it's it. Great. I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, that's all the business we have to do. So we could really just go home and let like Mark lie down because I'm really like exhausted already. Well, why don't you give us a really detailed blow by blow of what being sick has been like this week? I think everybody has had a really terrible cold or the flu or what. I'm calling it the five pound flu because I've lost five pounds. Right. Right. That's it. That's really that's, that's it. Thing. That's all. That's you, and you've watched a lot of coughing, 700 boxes of Kleenex, 8 million bags of um, cough drops. You're and... lucky that I bought a new car because I was more than eager to go out and buy you all the stuff that you needed this week. Because really every was... day it was a new order via text message. Can Mostly you get me Kleenex. Some cough medicine that isn't going to put me in a coma. Some Kleenex, some Kleenex, and then some more Kleenex. Yes, yeah, it was mostly about Kleenex. Yeah, absolutely. Like it just really has been about being patiently getting. I, that's the way I feel about it. Like everybody's been sick, and I, it's a drag while it's happening, and you know that after four or five days it'll be over with. You know so what? You know what is of... clinically proven to make you feel instantly better One. is if somebody says to you, "Yeah, it's going around." 
Yeah, that that's really, it's I'm really always helpful. Always crazy about that. And it's that. always good to be reminded of the fact that various illnesses are always steadily moving through the population of humans on the planet. Because some of us forget. We just think, you know, the cold has been eradicated. <laughs> I'm being a dick. I was sick recently, too. I came home from Romantic Times convention with something they call romance flu. No, I'm just kidding. They call it con crud <laughs> because you're in a hotel with 2,000 people right. for five days and you're all circulating and a lot of them are drunk and whatever. And I was afraid that I gave it to you. But um, that would have been a long gestation yeah, period if I, I did. To, like Beth, is, Beth had lost her voice just before she got here. So I, little suspect. But I, I don't even think – I think she had some sinus thing. I don't know what this she is. Wasn't, she just lost her voice. You just, you're really sick. You're fucking sick, Eric Shaw Queen. You're sick. You're just sick. Sick and disgusting. You're sick. Okay. So I'm sure we'll talk about it later when Cammy and Margaret join us. But How there sick was... I am? No. Oh, no, good. I'm moving Let's on. Let's don't talk about that anymore. I don't want you to blame any more of our guests just for making forgive you forgive me for sounding like this and for having a cough drop in my mouth. That's really all I have to say on the matter. Um, so we did have another uh, episode of Hannibal last week after our last Hannibalism show. We'll but talk just the about two it. of us. Nobody else got to. Well, why don't tell the story? Why don't you tell that story, friend? About how we would not stay. We were at Brian oh, Fuller's house I, yeah, for well, the premiere. It was like Sophie's Choice, guys, and I made it in your favor. <laughs> if Sophie's Choice was really trivial and didn't have and an impact on anyone's life. Not staying at a dinner party a little longer. If Sophie's Choice was just something that really annoyed Eric. Right. It's like Sophie's Choice. God, so, it was okay. really, it broke my heart. And what really broke my heart was this week when I saw the new episode of Hannibal because it was like, I would not have mixed this up. I don't agree. I don't agree. Oh, and let me, I need to play our spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen the recent episode of Hannibal, we will be talking about it. Because we're going to be talking about it. Tonight on the show, so get over it. I, I think we could have slipped. And what you're referring to is the fact that Will Graham is not featured at all in the first episode right. of the series. And I just don't think I would have mixed that up. Like, the other one was really about he and Jillian, and this was about... Will, Will, on the hunt. On the hunt. And I just don't see that, that I would have gotten the two of those confused. Anyway, it doesn't make any difference. We made the best decision in the moment. We made it on your behalf, party people. But I, yeah, it really doubly broke my heart when yeah. when this week it was like, I wouldn't have mixed this up. Even I would have been able to keep this straight, which is going some. All right. Well, we'll talk about the episode in more detail when Cammie Garcia and Margaret Stoll join us in a little bit. In the meantime, we have some words from our special correspondents. Actually, we're bringing back an old segment here on The Dinner Party Show from all of two years ago called Audiobook Bestsellers. <laughs> the show's not that old. We have vintage period on the dinner party show. There's vintage dinner party right? show. When the show we had to break up Back in the 50s. Five fucking different when, pieces because the file was too fat and nobody had a 4G. doing the show with a, uh, with a ventriloquist <laughs> when dummy. had a ventriloquist. That's no way to talk about me, Eric Chuck. <laughs> all right, stick with us here it's on the, the dinner hair. party show. Cammie Garcia and Margaret Stoll will be up in a bit. In the meantime, we have some fun Special correspondence and words from our sponsors. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. And now, in keeping with The Dinner Party Show's tradition of celebrating literacy and the written word, we bring you an excerpt from one of this week's best-selling audiobook titles. This evening, our selection is the young adult novel Publishers Weekly describes as the most popular book in America for young men who should be watched very closely. It's Labyrinth of Stuff. You are the chosen one, the scraggly kid on the ledge next to me whispers. 
I'm about to ask him what he means by this when a Tyrannosaurus Rex appears out of nowhere and swallows the kid in one large gulp. Once the weight of the kid's body is removed from the stone ledge I've been standing on for 16 hours, the ledge begins to rise into the air toward an electrified web of laser beams and steel. It's only my 60th day inside the labyrinth of stuff, and the challenges are starting to get super confusing. You are the chosen one! The T-Rex roars. What do you mean? I cry. But the dinosaur runs off the way he always does when he eats one of the less attractive among us. People have been saying that to me for days now, that I'm the chosen one, but I don't know why. All I know is that 60 days earlier, I'd awakened inside the labyrinth of stuff for no other reason than the world outside is some word that rhymes with Ethiopian and my parents are super lame. Maybe my parents are dead. I'm not sure. No one will tell me. Maybe my parents are still alive and still working in the coal mines back home where their job is to inject toddlers full of heroin so they'll be in a good mood while they crawl through the small spaces between rocks so they can get the stuff the miners always drop because they're so busy beating each other up because the world has fallen apart for some reason and this makes them angry and not care about their watches and cell phones and stuff. You are the chosen one. There she is again. The pretty girl I keep seeing everywhere. I think her name is Sarah. Or maybe it's Sarf. Or maybe it's Scab. I'm not sure. I just know that like all the girls I've met here, she's strangely hostile and withholding, but she also wants to be around me all the time, which is pretty cool. Also, where did she get that flower she's picking? The overbearing token black authority figure told us no plants grew inside the labyrinth, just zombies and dinosaurs, and a weird portal that lets through all other kinds of stuff boys with no friends think are cool. Why do people keep telling me I'm the chosen one, I ask her, breathless from having to jump over a moat full of robot crocodile piranhas just to get close to her? I don't know, she says. Hold my hand. I'm cold. I go to hold her hand before I see her hands have vanished right before my eyes. Where are your hands? I ask her. They were taken from me by the protocol, she says. Clearly, I shouldn't be talking to you. You mean the prophecy? I ask. No, the elect, she answers. They determine the protocol. Who's the protocol? What's the protocol? She corrects me. I don't understand, I tell her. You will because of the prophecy. What prophecy, I ask? The prophecy will reveal itself to you because you're the chosen one. But not if the zombies eat you. If the zombies eat you, then you're not the chosen one. Okay, but why am I the chosen one? I don't know, she answers. Maybe because you're not very interesting and can we kiss? Not yet, but soon. Is there going to be a movie? She asks. Maybe this will all make more sense in the movie. Here's hoping, I say. Suddenly, the robot crocodile piranhas scatter. We hear a great sound in the distance. 
I wonder if it's a gaseo blimp, but I don't see the telltale swarm of needle-nosed wasp drones. They're silver tips dripping with a strange poison that will either make you eat your own face off or teach you about leadership. I go to grab her hand before forgetting her hands have been taken by the elect who determine the protocol, which will become clear when I learn the prophecy. Anyway, we just start running, because when we look back, we see that the dinosaur has opened the portal, and there are 60 ninjas driving through it in Lamborghinis with rocket launchers on their hoods. Run! Scab cries. Ninjas! Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. Gregor Mendel and his dangerous sweet pea experiments. Recessive. Luther Burbank and his insidious nectarines and unnatural Shasta daisies. Apricots. Charles Darwin's dangerous theories about a mutant glass of pretty much everything. Evolution. Their evil work is everywhere. Every cow, chicken, pig, and all the livestock we milk, eat, and employ. Mutants. Dogs, man's best friend, or dangerous spawn of centuries of genetic engineering. Cats, well, it's pretty clear they don't have our best interest at heart. They're everywhere. In fact, life on the planet would have ceased to exist without them. Or at the very least, we'd all be single-cell sea dwellers. They are the reason that man has been able to take over the planet from all those other, more deserving creatures. They are literally what separates us from the apes. They are GMOs. That's right. Genetically modified organisms are everywhere. In fact, all organisms are genetically modified. Maybe it was an extinction-level event, or maybe it was just Monsanto. But life on the planet has evolved as a direct result of the constant and insidious genetic modification. This evil plan, put into place before we had actually developed ganglia, let alone conscious thought, has been oh so slowly changing life on this planet until now, four billion years later, we can hardly recognize ourselves in the multi-celled creatures we have become. But now, there's hope. From the ranks of uninformed hipster beneficiaries of social promotion who have managed a surprising amount of success based on the color of their skin, who their parents were, and where they were born, who have benefited more from the genetic lottery than pretty much anyone else on the planet. 
together. One locally sourced, overpriced meal at a time. This completely uninformed cadre of free-range fighters talk tirelessly to each other about their efforts to stamp out the threat we all face. The GMO Endgame. Evolution. That's right. The greatest threat we face as a species is from our own children. Each one a diabolically new genetically modified organism evolving us further and further from the less complicated pre-Cambrian times when life was simpler, literally. Mommy, am I a GMO? Eat your sugar, darling. The world can take comfort that this not-so-humble army, armed with the kind of scientific knowledge they got from using Google, they are working to wipe out our children with a pure cane sugar-based diet. It's all natural, sweetheart. Even as they expunge oxygen from our atmosphere with their gas-guzzling SUVs, returning the planet to a time free of evolution, one trip to the soccer pitch at a time. So the next time you find yourself walking upright or having higher brain functions, remember the price we all pay for evolution and the genetic modifications that made it possible. And remember that there's one group working occasionally to do something about GMOs when they can free up some time on their schedules and until they lose interest. You're welcome. Brought to you by the International Association of Sugar Growers and Processors, who are here to remind you sugar doesn't kill people. Really, we swear. Just take our word for it. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now, it's time for The Dish. We hope you kept your silverware. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And joining us in studio this evening is the Cracking lovely Margaret Stoll. Hello. And joining us live via Skype, I think it's a Dinner Party Show first, Absolutely. our first live Skype interview, the lovely Cami Garcia from the great state of... Where do you live? Maryland. 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 I was going to say Delaware. Cracking it's hard to know. Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> She broke me up right before we were, and you're live, and Cammy says something smart, Alecky. Don't like, even say anything about those cookies. Maybe you and Cammy should do a show together. I think that's be fine. That so works important. for me. Is that good for you, Cammy? We we'll, could totally do that. Yeah, we I'm game. Totally. That's fine. Okay, so let's tell everybody what's happening with the masks. We've posted a bunch of photos on Instagram that are sort of a being John Malkovich thing because Cammy couldn't join us tonight. Eric, take over. The story. Just tell the story. The ma- I don't want to act like the masks were my idea because they were all your ideas. Oh, no. They I were actually, my idea, I wanted, actually. I wanted uh, Kemi to be a presence on the show. And uh, so for the pictures and for the purposes of YouTube and for um, Instagram, we made um, our Malkovich Malkovich Kemi Kemi masks. Right. And everybody <laughs> is wearing a Kemi mask here at the show today. So we're all Kemi Garcia. Which is something I do normally. It's like I am Spartacus. <laughs> it's not really a change for me. <laughs> That's what writing partners do. Cami, how do you feel about your masks? You've seen the pictures. I I think my masks actually look me make me look much more attractive than I am in real life. So I'm pleased with them. I don't know. Well, You're pretty hot, Cami Garcia. I felt when I was printing them out, I was like, I think I'm turning straight, like right mm. now, just from looking at this. But photo. when we asked her earlier, okay, well, what she wanted to be sure was that people she we felt bossed around by the masks. I feel that yes. she thought yeah. they should be an accurate representation. That's what she said. I wanted said. the masks to feel well, but I am smiling, so I don't seem quite as punisher and oppressive as usual with the smiling mask. But you, you are like the scary marionette in a movie, 
because you are here disembodied on the table. So we <laughs> are is... we are scared. <laughs> I know. Don't I'm disembodied. worry. I'm like I'm like the Hannibal version of a puppet. <laughs> yeah. Way to bring us back on message, Cami Garcia. Hannibalism continues tonight on the dinner party show. So, Cami, are you a Hannibal fan? Are you a fanable? I am a serial killer fan in general, but yes, I'm a fan as well. <laughs> I support true. serial killers. That's I could, great, I could have told you I'm that. really glad you're in Maryland now. <laughs> I desperately want to write a serial killer book one day. I love, and I loved um, The Red Dragon because I read it a really long time ago. So right, I'm right. really, really, really like the show. Such a great so what's the appeal of the topic for you, Cammie? I, I'm, it's unclear. I mean, I feel like if we really analyzed it, I would, it would, would you know, it would reflect poorly on me. So rather than do that. I would, <laughs> well played. You know, well played. All good right. television. Right. I'm going to go with it's good television. Absolutely. Okay, Miss Margaret, are you a fanable? I'm a fanable. Okay. I'm a fanable. I, uh, I think becoming a fanable is sort of a dirty little, it's like a dirty little realization you have to have with yourself. It's, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like talking to Hannibal Lecter and having him reveal your dark truth. It's like being a patient of Hannibal Lecter. Is I that how so. you describe being a fanable? It's how I feel. Yeah. Okay. I'm well, he fanable. does always yeah. see the dark side in everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, this is how you know Margie's uh, light and I'm dark. Because for me, like, I didn't feel like it was actually, I felt like I was already fully in touch with everything that was being reflected about me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you called him and read him. <laughs> well, see, that's the difference is you probably relate to Hannibal and. And I'm like the shivering, empathic, you know, mass on the other side. So which character on the show would you be? I want to be in that writing room, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Every, every, every kill scene. I'm like, I belong. I belong writing for this show. It's like a, it's like a a calling deep within me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, They were like art installations. It really is astonishing. Every week I'm like, my God, did you see that? The whole person turned into a broken heart this week on the... Well, yeah. broken-hearted Hannibal is fascinating, and I would love you both to enlighten me about that, but we can get there. I'm really into broken-hearted Hannibal. Which is the, really the Hannibal of this season, yeah. right? He's been, he's been betrayed, I'm putting in air quotes by Will Graham. He's right, on the run, really. it's almost romantic. Really. Yeah. It's like this love spurned story. love story Oh, it's absolutely thing. their love story. It's absolutely totally. Will and Hannibal, for sure. Okay, so we asked our, our party people, and we have a lot of Hannibals joining us this month to g- answer three questions for us and on I our hope party every line. Month, even when we're not yeah, talking come about back, Fanables. We love you. We may not always be giving away Hannibal stuff, but pretty of always. I mean, yeah. Brian lives just a few minutes away, and he comes on a lot. So we asked them three questions. What was your? What was the most terrifying death scene? Who was the most terrifying killer, and who was your favorite character? So we're going to play some of their responses, and then we will ask you lovely ladies mm-hmm. the same questions. Hi, these are my votes for the cannibalism questions. Um, for your most terrifying death scene, it would have to be when George Madgen grabs the girl's legs and pulls her into the bed, and then you just see the blood splatter totally. on the floor. My favorite character is Hannibal, and obviously the most villainous character would be Hannibal. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, my name is Carla, and my favorite villainous killer is Matthew Brown. I thought he was absolutely amazing, and because I'm such Jonathan a big fan Tucker. of Jonathan He's Tucker. always amazing. Bye. Uh-huh. Never sorry to see my Jonathan My name is Danielle. None of the murder tableaus really scared me. And that scares us, But the us, most painful Danielle. one, I think, has to be the muralist, especially ooh, ooh. when Roland Umber yeah. ripped himself out of the mural. Ooh. Yeah. That was the most shocking thing and just looked so excruciatingly painful. Ouch, it was very yeah. convincing. 
and my jaw was on the floor. Mm-hmm. As far as the killer that I would most be afraid to meet, that would have to be Clark Ingram, the, sh- the social worker that was in the horse. Mm-hmm. He just did creepy way too well. And I will not think or see Mickey Mouse in the same light ever again, thanks to Brian. I uh, don't get that. We need help with that one. Danielle, If it, that was Danielle or was that Carla? Whoever said that. It was Danielle. Let us know what you're talking about because we don't remember the Mickey Mouse reference in that I show. I remember that back. I just remember the best line of the whole show is, Carl, is your social worker inside that horse? (laughs) (laughs) My favorite line of the show. All right, Cammie, let's start with you. What are your answers to the questions? Um, Okay, so what's the order again? My my favorite death scene? Well, we're saying most terrifying death scene. But it could be your favorite. Yeah, it's your favorite. Okay, so for... Okay, so She's for me, I'm gonna go with anything. I'm gonna go with most terrifying, i.e., favorite. Okay. Um, I think. Well, I think one of the most visually awesome ones was when he, when um, Beverly Katz got like mm. vertically sliced and sectioned yeah. between the glass. Oh, that was right? fabulous. Wow. Yes. Intense. And then I definitely loved. I mean, the silo's a given, but I also liked when he made the the girl into the tree. In the beginning, remember they made her into like a she. She became part of that like tree. It was like in very you mean very the, early. The on. impaled branch with the, um, the yeah, antlers. It was like, the antlers. Because yeah, later on there was a victim awesome. called Tree Man, who was actually the trivia question answer we asked last week. Tree Man was a Baltimore City Councilman. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, no, this is who you earlier on for. Okay. All right. And I like the cello. I mean, I really am impressed yeah. with this. When there's artistry involved is when I am the most impressed. Brian Fuller revealed last week on the show that the cello is actually his favorite death yeah. scene. Out he of loves the cello. Because he loves the cello. All right, your favorite character on the show? My favorite character is obviously Hannibal. Okay. All right. Margie, what about you? The most terrifying death scene? Uh, you know, there are a lot of them, obviously, so it's hard to pick one. But uh, the hardest to watch for me, if that counts, mm-hmm. I will never get over the mushroom garden oh yes oh god christopher couldn't stop oh, talking my about god, that one for that like one. I, months i don't think i've had nightmares about that garden yes yes and just the little the first intro when you like realize yeah. what's going on yeah and what you're revealed. actually looking at yeah because the, the and then one of them is still alive yeah no yeah. that's no, so god. hideous and yeah. the, because you know most people think the angels you know um the flayed angels, but they're sort of beautiful. Oh, okay. so I yeah. mean, they're grotesque, yeah. but right. they're but they are like an art piece. Awesome looking. The, yeah. the mushrooms are just really hard to get past the human. Mulch. Well, it's such a reminder that we're all food for worms. Yeah. Like in the end, it's like here it is. Yeah, 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 and that's kind of what a lot of the show is about, reminding us that we're all food for worms. That we're all yeah. food. Yeah, like everybody, somebody else's meat. It's like the that's the circle whole... of life. Yeah. Sorry. And how about your favorite <laughs> character? Uh, well, I, I mean, I love Hannibal, but really for me, it's uh, it's always going to be uh, Hugh. It's going to be Will. Will. Yeah. yeah. I I think that's because I relate to the quivering, you know, the empath, the like, mm-hmm. I feel your feels. I don't want to feel your feels, and I feel it. And, uh, you know, the evil is the contagion, and I'm mm-hmm. having to confront my own evil is the scariest right. thing. So, like, Cammy is the evil. Cammy, that's and you're what I'm holding trying to off say. Cammy's yeah. evil. Would you say that's fair, Cammy? <laughs> Cammy is yeah, the I'm, Hannibal. I'm totally. I'm She's like Margie. I'm very comfortable facing. I'm more like Hannibal because I'm very comfortable facing my own evil. Oh, yeah, I and I'm see. more like Mother of God. Is, I am I really? You know, is this what I really am? Is so, this what I've become? And to I also, me, yeah. 
No, go and on. to me, I actually think Will scares me much more than Hannibal because I feel like Will is not in touch with his evil side, yeah. which oh. makes him unpredictable and dangerous. Well, I mean, we and see Hannibal this, is not. We see in this season that's kind of where that's all also going. In fact, even in the big finale last season was about Will's unpredictability. It wasn't about right. Hannibal's. No, no, absolutely. Hannibal but that's because I think when you're not when you're not in touch with that like dark side of yourself, you you become super unpredictable. Whereas Hannibal is so controlled. So I think he's in. A way he scares me less because I know what to expect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but part of my deal is watching television. You're sort of given this as this beautiful aesthetic death experience, mm-hmm. right? You're watching the show, right? And you, it's just you're presented with these incredibly grotesque images a lot of the time, but it's very beautiful, beautifully done. So yeah. you are put in this sort of sociopath position where you suspend moral judgment. Right. Or like, I don't know if he's drinking blood or wine. I don't know. You know, I'm assuming that's a liver of, you know, a person. Like right. You, but you can't know. You're just given what you see. And the, the, the way in which they juxtapose the, the incredibly beautifully staged right. murder scenes with the incredibly beautifully plated food. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. I yeah. just, it just really like fucks with my head. It's like, right. I have to have dinner sorted and out of the way by the time the show comes on. So you're watching the show, you're the will. I mean, you're saying, this is changing me. I am suspending moral judgment. I am just taking in these images. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of a fabulous trick, right? You, like, absorb it as an aesthetic. Mm -hmm. So that's the terror for me is, oh, my God, who am I rooting for? I don't even care who I'm rooting for. Right. Like that is no longer the issue. Right? Mm-hmm. Because there's just, who what side could you possibly pick right. anyway? Yeah. Or is there are there even sides at that point? Eric Shaw Quinn, I don't think you've answered the most terrifying death scene question, have you? What's God, the one for I, you? You know, like I am so like when I first saw Poltergeist, it was the most one of the most terrifying movies, and it remains the original Poltergeist, because right. it was all of my primal childhood fears. Right. Mm-hmm. The doll grabbed him by the ankles from underneath the bed. The tree reached in the window, the grabbed him, and awful. ate him. The devil really was in the closet. Those were, and so that yeah. thing when when the guy is under the bed, Georgia yeah. Mansion, yeah, absolutely, just that mentioned on the party line. So, and you see it, and she doesn't see it, and you know that it's there. Yeah. My. God, that tariff that so made me want to get up and run screaming out of the room. Mm-hmm. Like, there's plenty to terrify me in it, but that one really touched on that primal. Right. There is okay. something well, scary those under are the bed. Actually, scarier in the show are you know the drops of water coming out of the faucet, and you're mm. like, what is about to blow? Right. That's much scarier. See, than that, the that reveal. woman's house was just scary enough for me. I'm like, what are you doing out in the snowy woods all alone at night? And that's where she yeah, was. She had was, to go look at the roof totally of the barn. That was totally creepy. I agree. And then the than to have like the um when remember when like all the dogs are barking and he's gonna yes. go outside and I'm like why the hell are you going outside all the dogs are barking they right? know something you don't why do people do that I, why do people live out in the woods I don't understand I it. don't understand I that guess either. they're more afraid of who they're gonna meet in the big city but I'm the reverse I want a lot of people around even if they're right? douchebags and jerks to save me from the psycho mask and killer. why do people in movies and television have to investigate stuff at night. Why did Will say that he's only uh, feels safe walking across the meadow, looking back at his house with the lights on? I'm like, yeah. dude, it's night. Get out of the I meadow. Know. Get right. out of the fucking meadow, Will. Graham. <laughs> Do not feel safe there. I, I have to ridiculous. say, I disagree with everyone. Mm. I, I don't. It's not a matter of disagreement. I'm just being a dick. But the uh, the scariest death scene for me was Georgia Madsen actually dying. The one who killed the woman under mm. the bed, dying in that isolation. It chamber was because hideous. My fav- My worst fear is giving over. 
my free will to a medical procedure only to find out that I'm going to be murdered or tortured. I just can't. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't deal with any of that. I have a thing. I can't watch doctor shows. It's hideous. I can't, medical stuff just uh, completely okay. freaks me out. So uh, switching gears here, how much cannibalism is there in your new book? We're going to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> when we come back here with Cami Garcia and Margaret Stoll on the Dinner Party Show and our latest episode of Hannibalism. We'll Hashtag be back Hannibalism. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. The internet is full of people talking about stuff they hate. So on the dinnerpartyshow.com, we've decided to launch a new feature that's all about stuff we love. That's right. It's called Christopher and Eric's Favorites. Each month, we'll recommend a variety of products we just can't live without so that you can enjoy them, too. You can visit Christopher and Eric's favorites at thedinnerpartyshow.com, and that's where you can also sign up for our newsletter and be the first to know when new favorites are added to the site. And remember, if you use any of the buy links on thedinnerpartyshow.com, a percentage of your purchase will help support the operation of the show. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, bringing you interviews with some of the hottest celebrities who made the mistake of taking Christopher and Eric's call. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And this Sunday, June 21st, Hannibalism concludes at thedinnerpartyshow.com with the return of Hannibal creator and Dinner Party Show favorite, Brian Fuller. Join our mailing list by Monday, June 15th, and you'll find out how you can enter to win a print of the Red Dragon painting featured on this season of NBC's Hannibal. And we've got some other cool stuff to give away as well. It's all part of the season finale of our month-long salute to one of the most groundbreaking and terrifying shows in television history, NBC's Hannibal. Join us this Sunday, June 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at thedinnerpartyshow.com. The Dinner Party Show, a new live cast, begins airing every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at thedinnerpartyshow.com or through our free mobile app. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, where all of our shows are available for free anytime you want to listen. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and I never get to have any Yeah, fun. you never get to have any fun. I make you be quiet for the 10 seconds it takes us to come back Ugh. on the show. Cammie Garcia is joining us live from the great state of New Hampshire? Maryland? Maryland. Maryland, I that's right. I thought you right. were saying live from the grave. Live from the grave. Margaret be- Stoll is here in studio with us. We talked a lot about Hannibal in the last one. Let's talk about your new book, Dangerous Deception. Right. Maybe we can talk about, so the Dangerous Creatures series is a spinoff of the Beautiful Creatures series, which mm-hmm. was your big, phenomenal success. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you all want to fight out who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna pitch this book to me Cammy in 30 is. seconds. Cammy, pitch your, your book in what? 30 seconds. Dick Me, stop, am I pitching stop. the first one or the second one? Second one, go. Okay, so <laughs> it's hard to do without spoilers, but basically uh, Ridley gets herself and Link into a lot of trouble within all dark uh, caster band. And Isn't in the second just book... just like a girl? Such a I know. Issue. And she's such a little vixen too. And then in the second book... Um, the second book actually, I feel like, has much more of a kind of Hannibal vibe where there's a lot of dark, creepy things going on behind the scenes that you find out um, about as the book goes along that are kind of uh, weird and experimental and magical. 
Yeah, definitely. The uh, It's a spinoff series of Beautiful Creatures, which is a more straightforward Southern Gothic magic, you know, set right. in the South love story and supernatural story. And this one, the first one, it's a spinoff about two of the side characters who are sort of funny and bad. So it's, it starts immediately from a place where it's about a bad girl and a rocker. So it doesn't go to quite as traditional Southern Gothic of a place. And it just goes to Brooklyn and, <laughs> and you know, ba- the band scene and dark clubs. And it just gets darker and darker and darker. Yeah, there's like a cr- there's cool. like the meeting at the crossroads. It, there's actually it. there's actually a lot of uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, cool. In the second one. I know New Orleans. Yes, I've do. been there. I've been mm. there. That's excellent. So we want to remind everyone that you two have been on our show before. And we did an extensive interview about the genesis of Beautiful Creatures and your hilarious stories about writing that book oh and God. making your children read your early drafts. That is in our <laughs> podcast archive. Just go and look for Cami Garcia and Margaret Stoll. And it's you can worth it. That it's podcast. a great story. So we also, we had you sign a whole bunch and we're going to mm-hmm. send them on to Cami and she's going to sign them too. And then we will eventually give them as giveaways. I am being told by Shea Butters that we have terrified our listener, J.A. Holton, who is listening to so our show funny. from a cabin in the woods, excuse nice. me, a cottage Ooh. in the woods in Ireland. Get out. And it is currently one in the morning. Get out. In it's Ireland. Out. Get out. We're so terrified. She says thanks. Get sorry, J.A. Holton. We are so sorry. Yeah, I the guess floorboards this, creaking? Right, you tuned into the dinner party show and ended up terrified. That's really such a bait and switch, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because we're usually just ridiculous. Just don't eat the sausage with the eggs. Ew. Oh, that's so gross. Okay. Because um, it could be a person, a... Eric. He's giving me a don't, look. Don't, oh, don't, oh, don't. No, no, he's having sausage later, and he doesn't want that in his head. Oh. He just, oh. he made, he, he ground oh. up some gay pride sausage this afternoon. So we should tell people it's gay pride oh in West God. Hollywood. And today. we are never doing we're another never show doing, on gay pride We had to send again. a car to get Margie because it was so, although there ended up not nice. being any traffic. You got here there in like five no minutes. There was no traffic. It was like a ghost town. Yeah. But our parking lot was a mess because they sold all the parking spots today for people who came for the it parade. Is, yeah. Like it's uh, been 10,000 different steps. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to do a flash surprise question for everyone in the room. Everyone in the room. <gasps> all right. All right. Surprise. All right. Scariest movie you've ever seen Cammy Garcia you're not in the room but you get to go first The Exorcist and Poltergeist you only get to pick one and you're now disqualified and don't win that trip The, the Exorcist. Exorcist The Exorcist and Poltergeist she said But The Exorcist you think I'm doing another question like <laughs> you think The Exorcist is a scary movie Well I think it's scary because when I saw it I was like too young and it literally is the movie that and a Poltergeist that I have had the most nightmares yeah, about in my life yeah. No argument but I always thought I thought The Exorcist was a riot. It's all time because you're you weird. Think that, though, if you were like t- like nine, and I you guess thought. I don't have any ability to believe in the devil. Okay, so, see, yeah. that's where. We so differ. the whole thing just cracks me up. It's mm-hmm. just like when she throws okay, up so- on that priest. I th- almost had to get up oh and leave God. the theater. <laughs> I think though that's definitely you know all the sort of Hannibal as Satan. Well, I grew, grew up in a very very religious Christian family. They were Mormons actually. And uh, as the black sheep, and um, really, truly, like being scared of Satan is scarier than anything else you'll ever find. So the scariest thing for me, not a movie, but it was the Joker from the Batman and Robin series from when I was little, because he had that like scary clowny face. So and I was afraid. Caesar Romero. Yes, and I was afraid to look out the window at night because I would 
just thought I would see the Joker face. Same with oh the mirror God. in the bathroom. Joker, <sighs> and that was what the devil looked like to me. Was the no? Joker see, face. to me, like I, I totally the devil scares me more than like possession scares me more than anything. Like I can totally deal with ghosts, and I, I mean, I don't really want to hang out with them either. But the the possession stuff is what bothers me. Like the okay. other movies, I can handle. Okay, Eric, scariest movie you've ever seen. The scariest Ooh, movie I've ever seen. Out there, excuse me. The, the Poltergeist is right up there. I'm trying to think. And you know what? The movie that that really rung me out the most that I've ever seen is The Hitcher. Oh, okay. Because the thing that is terrifying to me about The Hitcher is that it's all things that could really happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that man, like I think if Rutger Hauer came in a restaurant I was in, I would scream and run out of the restaurant. That oh man my is gosh, terrifying. I love Rutger Hauer. But he's he terrifying. Was, you know, right. But he's he was also in um, Night Blade Owl. Blade Runner. Blade Night, Runner and Night, Night Owl. Owl and I love him. Okay, mine's Jaws, but you'd have to no, never was, listen to a I single about, show. Yeah. I was about to say that because yeah. I... There's ever. some reality to that. The reality, exactly. But, I was totally scared of that for years before I even saw it. Like, I didn't want to sit with my feet hanging off the couch. I know, it was terrifying. But I will also say, I agree with you, Eric Shaw Quinn, that, that people are scarier than anything yeah. else. People who are willing to do anything like Hannibal. Right. Well, when they take it's their... What makes Hannibal, Hannibal so terrible? When he's, they take their He's remained in a off. state of nature. He's like Rousseau's prince. He... he is willing to kill and do whatever without any sort of compunction, and that makes him terrifying. Okay. We have a Facebook party person with a question for Cammy and Margie. Elizabeth Malstead would like to know, if Beautiful Creatures ever became a television series, which actors from Hannibal would you like to cast as which characters? Uh-huh. Do you need oh my gosh, if Will Graham was young, he would, like, if a young oh, version yeah. of him would be the perfect Ethan, because he's got that cute, like, curly kind of hair, and he's, mm-hmm. like, kind of sweet looking. Totally. So this just in, Cammie Garcia has declared Hugh Dancy not young. Oh! <laughs> I think Ouch, not babe. Young, but he's 17. Yeah, no, yeah. Hugh Dancy is actually 19. We just looked it up on his thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, his resume says he's 19. Yeah, no, that's his age range. His age range is 19 to 20. 19 yes. to 42, which is his actual <laughs> age. Um, Yeah, he's married and has children. Yeah, he was, what was he's that married. movie where he met Claire Danes? Springtime or Evening I, I Time, or where he plays the, the friend. I guess it's where he met her. They're married now, but like, oh my God, he was a beautiful kid. <laughs> speaking, Sounds wonderful sp- movie. Wow. <laughs> speaking of um, time passing, because it's been 20 years or whatever since X-Files, oh my God, Julian has... Julian Anderson has done a great job. Fantastic. Didn't she look She's amazing in that amazing. first episode? Amazing. That, oh, yeah, she looks I've great. I love this whole, like, you know, this sort of European, um, yeah. talented Mr. Ripley, Ripley yeah. vibe, the sort yeah. of debauched Europe. It's really bad. We're off to, I think next week we're going to where Hannibal is from, to his yes, uh, Eastern European wait. origins. Wow. The Hannibal Rising section of the whole yeah. series. Okay, before we wind up tonight's show, and I'm sorry to say we're almost out of time, really? I have to remind everyone about our next giveaway. In order to be entered for our next giveaway, you need to join our mailing list at thedinnerpartyshow.com by the end of the day on Monday, June 15th by midnight Pacific time, so you have an advantage. East Coasters. Which day? Uh, you can join Join that mailing list by going to the subscribe blank on any page of thedinnerpartyshow.com. If you sign up on Tuesday morning, our entire mailing list will receive three simple trivia questions about our Hannibalism episodes of The Dinner Party Show. Send your correct answers to those questions either via personal message to our Facebook page or to the following email address, web 
at thedinnerpartyshow.com, and you have until 4 p.m. Pacific the following Sunday, an hour before our live show, that would be 7 p.m. Eastern, to submit your correct answers and the prize in that giveaway, ladies and gentlemen, just you wait for it. It is the red dragon painting that is used on this season of Hannibal. No. I'm looking at it right now. It is in our studio. What? We have pictures of it on Instagram. It's the actual painting from the actual what? show that yes. Brian has donated I to. Think the- I, sh- I, I should get it just because I have so much respect for like the killing in the show. I what? think you should sign up for our mailing list before midnight tomorrow, Monday, the right? 15th, and you will have a shot at winning it just like everyone else. Wow, that's cool. I think I'm making Cammy well, sputter. I will. She's going to sign up right now. I can hear her. Her microphone's all a cricket. She's, yeah, she's thrown her microphone down and run to sign she's up for the, the mailing list. A dangerous... I am. I'm like I'm trying to log in. Uh-huh. Dangerous Deception is the latest book from Cammie Garcia and Margaret Stoll. It's available for sale at thedinnerpartyshow.com along with pretty much everything they have ever written is also for sale mm-hmm. there. If you buy Absolutely. it through our site... The Dinner Party Show will get a percentage of your sale, helps which helps. Show, doesn't, and it also helps support our guests, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. And it covers Eric Shaw Quinn's pajama and slippers budget. He's right. coming tonight to do the show in pajama and slippers. He's nice. holding them up right now. We'll have YouTube video in about four or five weeks, because that's usually how long it takes us to get our videos. <laughs> <laughs> We're a radio show, folks. They're really enormous pajamas. Yeah. Cammie Garcia, thank you for being our what we think one of our first live Skype interviews here I think at the this Dinner is our Party first show. live Skype interview. I yeah, really I do. Thank you for having me. I'm going to go with I am uh, the pioneer, the first one. You Absolutely. are the groundbreaker. Right. You are the Marconi of our live Skype uh, guest. Margaret Stoll, we understand you have to finish a book in the next 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to let you go and do that. We want to <laughs> thank you all for coming. And we want to remind people that if you missed last week's episode, it's about what to start playing. What the hell were playing. you doing? What the fuck were you doing? It's about to start playing right now on our stream. And then tonight's show will begin repeating, or as we prefer to call it, an encore presentation. Yes. As opposed to a rehash at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific here on our stream at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Any questions about the giveaway we announced tonight, send them to Shea Butters at our Facebook page or write us at web at thedinnerpartyshow.com. This has been Hannibalism Part 3. We conclude the series next week. With an exciting giveaway. And the return of Brian Fuller here nice. at the Dinner Party Show. Cammy, thank you. Margie, thank you. I'm Christopher thank you. Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to the Dinner Party Show. Thanks. Woo-hoo!